You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. speak to you on this topic, to be or not to be. That is the question. To be or not to be. That is the question. Of course, this is a reference uh, to William Shakespeare uh, from Hamlet, and that phrase that, uh, that I've just said to you was spoken by Hamlet. Just a little bit of that says, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against the sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die, to sleep, no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation, devoutly to be wished, to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. Ah, there's the rub. That's just a little fragment of that of that, um, what was spoken by Hamlet and written by William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare recorded as the, uh, regarded mostly as the, uh, the foremost dramatist of his time, wrote more than 30 plays and more than 100 sonnets, all written in the form of three quatrains and, and a couplet that is now recognized as Shakespearean. And very much uh, recognized in our English literature and studied and written about. And lots of people, if you mentioned William Shakespeare, they would obviously know who you're talking about. But long before William Shakespeare, the Lord was giving instructions on being and not being, to be or not to be. That's not something new. That's not something that came, that was come up with by Shakespeare. The Lord was discussing that in the Word long before Shakespeare. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice now, and and do not be conformed. This is not to be. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. This is to be. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Lord was giving through the writer Paul uh, to be or not to be. In Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so what does it mean to, to not be conformed? That word conformed, it, it means to put on the form, fashion, or appearance of another. It may refer to anything pertaining to the habit, manner, dress, style of living etc. Of, of others. It says, be not conformed. Uh, don't, 
Don't put on the fashion or the appearance of a, or habits or manners or styles of living of others. Of others, what is the other? Well, he tells us, be not conformed to this world or of this world. The, the word which is, is, which is rendered world applies to our material universe, our cosmos. Uh, that's the word that's being used there. The word used properly means age or, or, or generation of people, a particular generation. Or it may be applied to even a race or, 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 or gender. It's sometimes used, obviously, in all these different senses. But here it also means that Christians should not conform to the maxims, the habits, the feelings of, of a wicked or luxurious or adulterous age, but should be conformed sol- solely to the precepts and the laws uh, the, uh, of the gospel, the word of God. The, the same principle may be extended to every age and direction may be that Christians should not conform to the prevailing habits or styles or manners of this world, but rather to but rather to God. Being governed by the word of God, the laws of God, to fashion our lives after the example of Christ, to form ourselves by principles different from those that prevail in the world. That application at times is difficult, but we we must make sure that we are not conformed to this world. Uh, it's always easy to see others conforming, how they're indulging in things that that conforms to the world, and and how easy it is to oppose what others may be thinking while we view ourselves as being innocent. But the design of this passage is doubtless to produce a spirit that should not find pleasure in the pomp and vanity of, of the world uh, which we live in uh, or, or the amusements of this world. There should be something that says, uh, I want to I form to what God wants me to do. I'm not even watching uh, uh, what everyone else is doing. God, what is it that you want me to do, to be or not to be? That is the question. Paul goes on to say, he doesn't just say what not to be conformed to, but he also adds what to do. Be ye transformed. The word from which the expression here is, it, de- it derives a form or a habit that we're morphed into. The direction is to put on another form, change the form of the world to that of Christianity. The word would properly refer to the external appearance, but also the expression which the apostle immediately uses, renewing of the mind. So not just uh, the outside of, of how we look, and that is obviously important, but he also, uh, he also expresses the mind. It shows that, that he did not intend to use the reference to only be about uh, what people see, but also uh, what's on the inside. So the meaning is to cherish a spirit. Not devoted to the world, but rather a spirit that is devoted to the kingdom of God. God, I want to be transformed in my mind to be like you and not like this world. Absolutely crucial in 2021 that our focus is is to be transformed. And he tells us by what? The renewing 
of your mind. That's by making uh, changes in our views and changes in our feelings. Uh, uh, the Bible is very clear. A, a Christian is a new creature. There should be a change in our, our views and a change in our feelings in comparison to the world. The word translated mind, it, it denotes our intellect uh, as distinguished from will, uh, our will and affections. It's used here to uh, represent our whole spirit, uh, uh, everything about us as a person, uh, our will, our affections, uh, our, our, de our decision making. Uh, it's everything about uh, including our soul. Be renewed, renewed in your mind. Uh, let it be an external conformity. Let it be that I want to look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, act like a Christian, sound like a Christian. I want to go where Christians go, but I also want it to be in my spirit, not just as an external change, but I want my mind to be changed. I, I don't want to be living in hypocrisy in my mind. Christianity seeks to reign in the mind, the soul. Having its seat there, the external conduct uh, and habits will be regulated accordingly to how we think, how our mind acts, how our mind is, is, is uh, what it's focusing on and what it's putting into our mind. Uh, that, will, that will affect everything else about us. And so, so Paul's saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'll tell you what, on a Sunday morning uh, here in December of 2021, it wouldn't hurt for somebody to reach out to God right now and say, God, would you touch my mind? Uh, would you let my mind be transformed uh, from what it's thinking about and what it focuses on and, and its feelings and views uh, of the world? God, I want my mind uh, to be transformed. That wouldn't hurt this morning right where you are right now watching or listening to ask God to transform your mind. Amen. Why is that necessary? Why is it necessary? He tells us that ye may prove. The word is, is applied to metals here. The operation, operation of testing or trying them in the severity of fire. It means to explore, investigate, ascertain. The meaning here is the sense that our renewed mind is essential to the successful inquiring after the will of God. If we're going to know or find out what the will of God is in our life, our mind is going to have to be transformed. We have a disposition to obey him. If we have that, our mind will be prepared to understand his precepts, what he has for us. There will be a correspondence between the feeling of our heart and his will. A connection, if you want to say. A connection of, 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 of allowing ourselves to flow into the, the realm of the spirit where we, we prove ourselves, a renewed heart, uh, 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 the best preparation for, for what we can do in Christianity is to have a renewed heart that we may prove God Help us to understand what your will is. That's why John writes in chapter 7, verse 17, If any man do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God. Whether it be of God or his own. If you're doing the will of God, you'll be able to figure it out. Why? How? How can you do that? How? What's, a, what's a, an assurance that you can know the will of God? Let your mind be transformed. 
the reason why the heart is renewed is that we may do the will of God. And the heart is renewed as it's best to, uh, suited to appreciate and understand his will. The heart will be changed if our mind is transformed uh, of what God has. And he tells us that we can do this to prove that which is good. The part of the verse, uh, we investigate the will of God, ascertain the will of God. What is good, he says, and perfect and acceptable. The will of God relates to his commands in regard to our conduct, his doctrines in regard to our belief, his providential dealings in relation to our external circumstances. It means what God demands of us in whatever way it may be made known that we do not err from his guidance. We, we confide in not our own wisdom, but his wisdom. We, we commit our ways to him. Psalm 25 and 9, the meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. That word good here is not just a, an adjective agreeing with uh, his will, but it's a, it's a noun that you may find the will of God. What is good and acceptable? It implies that thing which is good in his will or that we may find his will by doing that which is good and perfect. It, it, it puts our relationship with God in a, a new realm. Say, God, I, I don't want to be conformed to this world, but I want to be transformed by the renewing of, of my mind because I want to prove what you have that is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. When he says perfect, it's free from defects and stains and injury. All its parts is complete. Nothing's dis uh, uh, disapproved by God or uh, nothing is out of line. Nothing is off kilter. Nothing this morning is, is in our own way. It's everything about him. It's, 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 it's perfect. No defects. No stains. No injuries. It's acceptable. It's pleasing to God. He approves of it. It's more, folks, than just our thoughts, more than just our thinking. It's what God thinks. It's what God desires. It's what every person should strive after. That which is good, perfect, acceptable will of God. If we're truly renewed in our minds, then we'll seek after, we'll relish those things, we'll, we'll want to do the will of God. And guess what? You won't be, it won't be hard to find. It won't be difficult to know because the desire in your heart is, God, I want my mind transformed. You know there's an incredible battle that happens in our mind on a continual basis, and, and, and that's the, the challenge. Our, our minds can get clouded. Our minds can get corrupted. Our minds can get filled with the things of this world. And, 
And Paul steps back and says, listen, I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice to God. And God, I want you to not allow me to be conformed to this world, everything that's happening around me. I don't want that to dictate how I live for you. But rather, I want my mind transformed. I want my mind transformed that I can prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God, I want you to be the focus. I want your sound to be the loudest. Uh, I want your voice to be the clearest. Uh, God, to be or not to be, that is the question. Uh, I want you, God, I want you to be the focus of my life. Everybody that's watching or listening this morning, we're all in the same situation. If you say, well, I, I had trouble sometimes with my mind. You're along with everybody else. Everybody at times has the same difficulty. You're not abnormal. You're not off by yourself. You're not isolated. Every one of us continually have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Understand what the word means. It's not something that automatically happens and it's over with. Transformed is a process. Transformed is continual. Transformed is not a one-time event. Transformation is a lifetime of God bringing your mind into his perfect will. And we've been focusing over the last number of weeks and preaching about Jesus and, and what he speaks about. And so I take you to a few examples um, this morning. And, and I've, I've been reading Matthew and chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew are, are chapters, almost every word in those chapters uh, is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he's, and he's speaking about a lot of different things. And he starts out chapter 5 of Matthew with the be attitudes. Be attitudes. These are the things that I want you to be, he says. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, um, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is be poor in spirit. What does that mean? Have a humble opinion of ourselves. Be poor. Be poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What's the be there? Be a person who's able to mourn. There's, be a person who can, uh, needs to be compassionate. Be a person who's understanding. Be a person who mourns. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Be meek. These are things to be. Be poor in spirit. Be a person who mourns. Be meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Be hungry. Be thirsty. There's nothing wrong with being hungry and being thirsty. He tells us to be hungry and thirsty, but he tells us what to be hungry and thirsty about. For righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Be merciful. If you're going to be accused of anything in this world, be accused of being too merciful. Be merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Be pure in your heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Be a peacemaker. Man, it's so, it's so easy to be the opposite, an agitator, a a difficult person. But the Bible says, be a peacemaker. 
be a peacemaker. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Be able to take a stand. You see all these be attitudes, be poor in spirit, be a person who mourns, be meek, be hungry, be thirsty, be merciful, be pure in heart, be a peacemaker, be able to take a stand. This is the Lord long before Shakespeare. To be or not to be? That is the question. Chapter 5 of Matthew goes on to say, be salt, be light. You and I are to be salt to this world and we're to be light to this world. I could, I could focus a, a whole message on each section that the Lord's speaking about. We, we won't do that this morning. But he tells us that you are to be the salt. You are to be the light. He goes on also to tell us not to be. Chapter 5, verses 21 to 26, he, he says, don't be a murderer. Obviously, the, that would make sense. Don't be a murderer, but he, he, he makes it so much greater than just taking someone's physical life. Don't murder someone in your heart, in your speech, in your words. He says, it's been said of old, thou shalt not kill. But he goes on to say in verse uh, 21 of, of Matthew 5, you have heard it that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whosoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, Whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. He, don't be a murderer. And he's calling that out with, even with your words. Even with your words. Then he says, don't be an adulterer. Matthew 5, 27, you've heard that it was said of those of old. You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Don't be an adulterer. To be or not to be. Yeah, you can be salt and you can be light, but don't, don't murder people with your words and don't lust after someone that you obviously shouldn't. He says be sacred in your marriage. These are all in chapter 5 of Matthew. You can read down verses 31, 32. Don't be swearing by oaths. And then he goes and says in verse 38 to 42, be a person who goes the extra mile. See, long before Shakespeare, Jesus was telling people to be or not to be. Go the extra mile. Be the person who's willing to, to give extra to give extra time and energy and efforts and talents and, 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 and finance. Uh, be that person that will go the extra mile. Chapter 5, 43 says, be a person who loves everyone, even your enemies. Verse 43, and in, in, in this, uh, and to 48, he says, it's not difficult to love those who love you. But what about people who don't love you. That's the people he's also after and says, listen, be a person who loves everyone. To be or not to be, that is the question. He gives us clarity. We don't have to try to figure it out. He tells us what to be and what not to be. He starts chapter 6 with be a God pleaser and be a 
prayer warrior and be a, 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 a fasting person. These are things to be. You don't have to figure it out. He, he wants you to please him. He wants you to spend time in prayer. He wants you to spend time in fasting. These are things to be. To be. Goes on to say, be a person who lays up treasures in heaven. Verse 20, 21 of chapter 6, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be a person who lays up treasures in heaven. To be or not to be, that is the question. Continues on. Don't be watching or looking at things which will cause darkness. He gives us clarity. Matthew 6, 22. He says the lamp of the body is the eye. This is where things come into our body, into our mind. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now, he's not talking about whether you have 20-20 vision. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what we watch and what we look at and what we put into our mind through our eye. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is what he's saying. Don't be a person who watches or looks at things through the eye that will bring that into your mind to affect you. To be or not to be. Goes on. He's got all kinds of topics in here. Don't be serving money, he says. You can't serve God and mammon. Don't be a servant to money. I've said it so many times. You either control it or it controls you. Don't be a servant to money. A challenge of our world is for us to have more and to do more and to compare amongst ourselves. And the Bible tells us that's very unwise not to do that. Don't be a servant to money. Goes on, don't be a worrier. Not a warrior, worrier. Matthew chapter 6, 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. He makes it very, don't be a worrier. To be or not to be, don't be. Don't be a worrier. He starts chapter 7. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's talking to you and I this morning. This is Jesus sharing these uh, beatitudes and, and going through all these things of be and not to be. Starts out chapter 7 by, by saying not to be a judge. Don't be a judge. Judge not lest ye be judged. Don't be a judge, he says. 
But then changes and says, be an asker. Chapter 7 and verse 7 to 12. Be an asker. Be a seeker. Be a knocker. Be continually asking and seeking and knocking. This is something to be. Don't give up. Continue. Continue asking. Continue seeking. Continue to knock. That's something for you to be. To be or not to be. That is the question. Chapter 7, verse 15 to 20 says, Be a fruitful person. Be a person that's bearing fruit. You can't have a bad tree bearing good fruit. No, no, you, you want to be a fruitful person, a good tree bearing good fruit. These are the things for you and I to be. He goes through what we know as three chapters, five, six, and seven. And he brings it all to a conclusion at the end of chapter seven. And this is what he says in chapter seven and verse 24. And we read this passage, and I understand that we how we preach about this passage and, and, and the preaching and the word and the messages and the things about building. I understand, and it's good. But you have to look at the context of what he's saying. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. What sayings? Well, all the sayings from chapter 5. Chapter 6, chapter 7. We, we, we immediately sometimes go to a wise man that built his house on the rock. And, and yes, that's, that's a passage. That's scripture. That's what he's saying. But who is the wise man? The wise man is the person who understands the to be or not to be. Going back over three chapters and saying, uh, these are the things God wants me to be. And these are the things God wants me not to be. And, and if I do those sayings, then I'm like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. That's not just talking about a natural storm. That's about your life, the house uh, that you're building. Uh, when the rains and the floods of this world come and beat uh, on your life, your home, your family, uh, it depends on to be or not to be. What have you and I been following? Are we following the Beatitudes? Are we not being a worrier? Are we being a God pleaser? Are we being a prayer warrior? Are we being a person who fasts? Are we not killing people with our words? Are we not committing adultery with our lust? Are we being sacred in our marriage and not swearing by oaths? And are we going the extra mile? And are we loving people that are difficult and, and don't even like us? Are, are we looking at or watching things through our eyes that... That, uh, that would be harmful to us. Uh, to be or not to be. These are the sayings that the Lord is saying. Determine whether our house is built on a rock. As I was reading through these chapters, the Lord brought me to this last portion and said, listen, this is the, 
This is the bringing it all together. This is where people have to focus on, on not just building their house, but what are they building their house with? Not just building it on a rock, but what are they building their house with? The bees or not the bees? He also goes on to give the, the opposite. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, you read through chapter 5, you read through chapter 6, you read through chapter 7, you hear them, but we don't do them. That, he says, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. It doesn't all, all happen at once. It's what we built our house with. It's the sayings, uh, to be or not to be. These are, these are detrimental to the building of our house. And it's like building that house on nothing that is solid, nothing that is firm, nothing that is going to last. He says it's like sand. And the same struggles, the same winds, the same storm, the same beating of the world's going to come upon your life, my life. And it depends on what we follow, to be or not to be. What we, what we allow our lives to be part of, to be or not to be. What we take into our mind, to be or not to be. That will determine whether the house stands or falls. And great, he says, was its fall. So to be or not to be, that is the question. God, I don't want to be conformed to this world. But I want to be transformed. I want to take the pieces of information, the wide range of information that you gave in chapter 5, 6, and 7. And every one of those segments that he talks about, you can have a whole lesson on the depth of what that means to us personally. Not allowing ourselves to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Going back, what is the meaning of that again? Not to cherish a spirit that's devoted to the world, but following, by following its vain fashions and pleasures, but rather cultivating a spirit that's attached to God, a spirit that's attached to His kingdom, a spirit that's attached to his cause. God, that's, that's what I want my life to be like. Where, where you are this morning. Questions might rise of all kinds of things. In your heart, in your life, in your mind, in your spirit. To be or not to be. Is this good? Is this not good? Is this profitable? Is this not profitable? Is this something I should engage in? Is this something I should avoid? It's continual. That's, that's the way our life is. 
So we got to say, God, I want to offer myself this morning as a living sacrifice. I'm offering myself. I'm yielding myself. I'm dedicating myself. I'm surrendering myself to you at the altar this morning. The altar in your home. The altar wherever you're sitting or watching or listening right now. That, that becomes your altar. And you say, God, I, I'm going to offer myself as a living sacrifice this morning. Because I don't want to be conformed to this world. But I want to be transformed. I want the process to start. I want the process to continue. I want the process to be accomplished in my life. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want, I want my mind to be cleansed. I want my heart to be, Lord, a clean heart to be created. I want my spirit to be right. I want my attitude to be right. I want everything in my life to be right, God, that I can prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will that you have for my life this morning. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take all this information that you gave to your disciples in chapter 5, 6, and 7 of chapter of Matthew. To be or not to be. These are things you want me to be, and these are things you don't want me to be. So that I know that I'm building my house. On a firm foundation. That no matter what comes in this world. No matter what comes against my life from this world. No matter what is happening around me in this world. The storms, the winds, the, the beating against my life. Those things will not affect me. If I'm following the to be and not to be's. Of chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. And when all of those things come against me, my house, my life, my heart, my spirit, my mind, me as a person, God serving you, will stand. I'll be able to stand. Not in my own strength. No, no. I'm following the to be's and not to be's. This is not something I can do. God, this is your direction. This is you transforming my mind into what you want me to be. Ah, right where you are right now. We just kind of close your eyes and bring, make sure everyone's kind of focused on at this moment and just put out everything else that's happening right now. If you're doing things while you're trying to watch, just stop. Would you stop doing those things right now and just bring your mind into captivity of God's presence and spirit. Would you just allow God to work on your heart right now? Say, God, I want to be what you want me to be. I don't want to be what you don't want me to be. God, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I don't want to be conformed to this world. God, I don't want to be fashioned after the things of this world. I want my life to be an expression, God, inside and out. God, because you've transformed my mind to be the, that I can prove what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. Like the old song we're going to sing, we're going to sing it together this morning, to be like Jesus. I just want to be like him. That's what we want to be. I want to be like Jesus. And being like Jesus, you're building your house 
on the right foundation, out of the right materials. And no matter what comes against you, you will be able to stand. You'll be able to stand. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.